Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space Podcast. Delighted to be back. We are breaking down Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 6. In this episode, we are all caught up. We've been covering every episode as we've gone. Me and my trusty co-host, Syed Tabatabai, and we're back with Dr. Joe Thomas to join us for a refreshing and an illuminating, a long Ted Lasso uh, episode. Season 3, Episode 6, I think is the longest episode that they've done, but it was an absolute blast. And you can imagine we broke it down in detail. Before we get to the episode, a shout out to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping to make this episode of Med Lasso possible. The Women in Medicine Summit is an extraordinary conference experience. It's a wonderful continuing medical education experience. If you're looking for the opportunity to learn more about leadership, learn more about navigating structural inequities in healthcare, to find incredible opportunities for collaboration and friendship and fun, the Women in Medicine Summit really has it all. I was there last year in person. I participated virtually in the past as well. Explore the Space podcast will be sponsoring for the fourth year, and I get to actually speak this year. I'm really excited. September 22nd and 23rd in Chicago. Go to www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. Sign up now. It's a great use of your CME budget. It is open for everybody, and it's a really, really great time. It's a packed two days. The people that are there, both speaking and there as attendees, it's just, it's the best. It's so much fun. There's so many wonderful folks to meet and network with and just have fun and collaborate and hang out with. So definitely check that out. You can find me on Twitter at ETS show and definitely check out hashtag med lasso on Twitter as well. I'm on Instagram at explore the space show and you can email me anytime market explore the space show.com. The whole archive of explore the space podcast and med lasso is available www.explore the space show.com as well as our merchandise store www.explore the space show.com forward slash merch. Please do share the podcast with your friends and your colleagues. Please do give us that five-star rating and review wherever you like to listen to Explore the Space and definitely subscribe as well. That all really helps us out and is much appreciated. Here we go. It's time. Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 6. We've got me. We've got Syed. We've got Joe Thomas. Let's get amongst it. Syed, I, I'm here. I made it. I'm limping in. <laughs> I'm not at my usual top strength. But we will carry the day. We have a lot to talk about. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. I'm proud of you, buddy. We'll we'll, we'll muddle through. <laughs> you as well. Do not sound like you're at peak strength. But I'm. We've got a we've got a B12 shot coming straight at your eyeball. Joe Thomas is here. He's fired up. Joe, how are you? I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Joe is the 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 sixth man coming off the bench. The other team is about an 8-0 run, and we need some instant offense. Joe comes in hot hand. He's shooting everything. He's pressing on defense. Joe's just going to get after it. Joe, are you just uh, where are you for this? You ready? I am, I've I've never been more ready. <laughs> He's Joey Rojas there. <laughs> exactly. I I've never been more ready for a show to rebound than I was after Ted Lasso season three episode five. Did they rebound successfully? Joe, are you back in? Oh man, I mean. I liked episode five uh, more than than probably anybody did. Me. I I thought it was uh, <laughs> I thought it was clunky, but uh, but I liked it. But this episode right. just brought it so hard. Uh, I I loved Sunflower. 
So we're back. Sayed, are we back? In a big way. I think we're I think we're back. This really felt like classic Ted Lasso. I agree that we're back. This felt like classic Ted Lasso, but like plussed up 10x. I think they were like, we're gonna the trampoline, we pushed it all the way down last week, and we are just gonna send everyone up into orbit with just so much of all the things that we think people like. But it's hard to do that. Uh, and, and I think that they carried it off. But Joe, was it too much? I don't think so. Uh, when the episode started, I thought we were going to get another beard after hours, which is another episode I loved that other people felt controversial about. Um, but it really, I don't think it, it crossed into that much of Lynchian territory, uh, which is why I liked uh, Beard After. This one, I think, uh, it was it was a perfect balance of of the levity, a little bit of weird, um, and, but but it kept us the whole time. It kept us in the whole time. Syed, for you, what was the the key the key piece of this that made you feel like this is this gave me what we needed? Ah, uh, it's. I think you know there were there were several stories told in this episode, right? And, and it was a long episode. I think this was uh, over an hour. It's the longest episode so far. Um, but out of all the different stories, I think that a combination of, of Ted's story and Roy and Jamie, to me, kind of anchored the episode a little bit. Um, Roy and Jamie giving you your, your montage that you wanted so bad, <laughs> sort of. But not and, exactly uh, what I wanted, but I got yeah. my montage. I did. <laughs> I got my montage, and it was not what I expected, and I'm totally comfortable. I'm delighted. Yeah. And and Ted's revelation, I, I thought that that was really that was really neat. I didn't like that they kept showing Jordan's switching hand layup against my Lakers um, <laughs> for a variety of reasons, not the least of which he totally didn't need to do it. He had an open lane with the right hand, and he switched because he's Michael Jordan, and that was awesome. But they showed it like four times, and that hurt my feelings. The thing about the episode for me that just made it so great, on a granular level, it was actually a lot. It was almost kind of exhausting trying to keep up with everything because you know the show is layers upon layers and there's pop culture references and there's throwbacks to previous episodes. It's a lot. Everyone was just so happy. The The underlying theme was just there was so much joy in this. There was joy in them being alone. There was joy in people being together. There was just a sense of not entirely pervasive happiness, but a, just a sense of so much forward momentum and just seeing that from above and just seeing it crystallize in so many fun and weird and creative and silly and strange ways. Oh man. It was just, it was just fun to just sort of revel in it, acknowledging that. Yeah. I mean, you can poke holes in it. I went ahead and did something I don't normally do. So I had, I read a bunch of um, episode reviews in like newspapers and websites and they picked it apart. And I was really? reading, like, y'all are missing the point. This was just supposed to be fun. Like don't, you're, you're losing the thread. Joe, you're nodding your head. Why is it so easy with the show to get sucked into the granular parts as opposed to just looking at it from above and saying, this is whimsical, hilarious, fun, clever, and great? I, I think you get a lot of people, and I didn't read any reviews, but you get a lot of these people who, um, they, they're like, well, we need to get back to the team and their progress. Um, and, and they kind of get, they think we're getting bogged down. Um, where... But this is the team, and this is their progress. Exactly. I'm, I know, I know, you're arguing, I'm arguing against myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Uh, it was, like, th 
showing the team's growth off the field is so is just as important as showing their growth on the field, uh, especially when they're on a losing streak like they've been on. Um, finding their way out of their pineapple percussions is uh, is just such a it was such a treat to watch. Pineapple percussions, the I, doldrums. I, 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 yeah, it took me a while to figure out. <laughs> I'm embarrassed <loved> that joke. <laughs> you love that one. I like all of these like silly punny jokes that that Ted and Beard make to each other. Like it's my jam. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. I I have one quibble, and they they made it work for me. You don't professional teams don't play in season friendlies. That doesn't happen. So that was a quibble. They could have had them play in the tournament. They could have had them play in the whatever, but they don't play friendlies in the middle of the season. That's okay. I liked it because there were so many little jokes and jabs and funny things, the best of which was the Zava poster in the Ajax <laughs> locker room. Did you guys? <laughs> that was so <laughs> that, great. That was hilarious. Zava 2013 to 2013. <laughs> <laughs> he was there for like six weeks. That was awesome. He didn't even have a chance to like get into his apartment. That was the, they're still going to get mileage out of Zava for, for a long stretch. Of the varying narratives, right? They all went their separate ways. Joe, which was the one that you just that just spoke to you that you just loved? Oh, that's that's hard. Um, I mean, Ted's the star of the show, and we love the journey that he's going on. We know he's going to be the, the most important journey this season. But um, and if, if I'm being honest, if I was one of those one of the people on the show, I would have been Higgins because I'm a huge jazz fan, and I would have. You know, gone to find the jazz club, but the one that spoke to me the most was probably Jamie and Roy. Um, just them coming together, and uh, and this whole season, like one of the things we've seen is is just how much trauma there is to Roy, and and how he's finally like maybe after decades of living with it, breaking that down, and uh, and watching that, and watching the people come. To, to help him do that is is a has been one of the highlights of this. That was probably, but I could I I loved every bit of it. Those two together are are really great. They could do a buddy comedy. They could do an action movie. They could do sports movies. They could read books back and forth to each other. They could basically do anything they want, and I'm a hundred percent in because they are amazing. Their chemistry, the way they play off each other, they clearly like and respect each other off the screen because they just riff so well and they clearly crack each other up and it's the best. I really enjoyed the interchange between Colin and Trent. The show uh, is, is definitely starting to tr tie up as many loose ends as it could and that was a big one. What's Trent going to do with what he knows about Colin and how will Colin navigate you know, potentially being outed as a professional athlete? And I've always really liked the Trent Krim character. I like the actor a great deal. I like the way they use him in the show. I love that he's the inside guy because the books that are written by journalists who spend a season with the team, I've loved those since I was a kid. You know, John Feinstein and, and books like that. They're, they're the best season on the brink. They're phenomenal. And I like that they could do it in such a thoughtful, sensitive, caring way where there was, you know, mutual respect between the two of them. The two actors were at the top of their game. The points that they made I thought were really resonant and thoughtful. And I just like the way they brought that to a place where now the two of them will work synergistically to make one another better, to make the team better. I, I just, I love that. I was curious how they were going to handle it as soon as Trent walked into the bar. And 
it was just so artfully crafted and i think it's going to be something we can really look back on for a lot of right a lot of reasons as being really special and super important so i had for you what part do you did you just couldn't get enough of um i think uh i, I agree with joe for me it was the the roy and jamie um bit but you know going back to what you just said about the whole colin segment the show has some really beautiful kind of I, I, I want to say grown-up writing, you know, in the sense that there is a strong urge to create maximum drama when you're writing this sort of stuff and throwing as much conflict at the characters as possible. It would have been really easy to have Trent write a horrible, you know, article and blow things open and, and do all of that. And I feel like they've taken a similar tack with the whole Jamie Keeley Roy thing, where I was really worried that this was going to be some big love triangle and it was building into this whole thing. But even in, in this episode, Roy sort of mentions to Jamie, he's like, Oh, and Keely's seeing a woman now or something like that. And Jamie's reaction is, Oh, all right. Well, Hey, there's a windmill. <laughs> you know, right. And then he's sort of already past that, you know, and I really love that about it. He's his whole character. Can you imagine a guided tour of Amsterdam with Jamie Tart doing cartwheels on bridges and telling, <laughs> telling you that, Hey, this is this, and this is this and being so peppy and jogging. It was just awesome. I've never been to Amsterdam and I really want to go. One of the things that stuck out to me, there is a, there's a, uh, an account on Twitter, a guy named Brett Todarian. I don't know him, um, but he, tweets about city infrastructure and uh, pollution management and traffic management and how to create walkable and livable cities. And one of the things he talks about is what happens when you put in bike lanes and what happens when you make cities more bicycle centric and pedestrian centric. And he uses Amsterdam as an example. And then seeing them shooting there and everyone's on bikes and there's you know, clearly Rebecca's not doing it right. But the roads are there for it just made me think about like, wow, there are not that many cities in America that are that bike centric. I, I really enjoy his Twitter content. I've learned a lot from it. And he uses Amsterdam as a primary example, seeing it in, in that sort of reality and seeing how everyone's cruising around on bikes. Everyone is sensitive to bikes. Uh, it was very satisfying. And it was also like, oh man, that really looks like a pretty wonderful way to live your life on the day to day. Joe, have, have you been to Amsterdam? I have not. Uh, it is also on my list of uh, places to go. I've done a couple of cities in Europe, but Amsterdam, not yet. Uh, I did. How much would you pay to Airbnb the houseboat? Uh, probably a fair amount. That looked great. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my wife gets seasick though, so it would have to be a solo mission. <laughs> oh, no. I say we do a Ted Lasso rental. We get all the Med Lasso people, and we rent a houseboat. Yeah. <laughs> we rent the houseboat. That's right. Who does anyone know who that actor is that played the the paramour of Rebecca? Because man, that dude was just like oozing charisma. His name is Matteo Vandergrin. I only know that because I looked him up. I, I, I <laughs> thank um, you. <laughs> I like I don't know anything about him, but I agree. I'd love to see him in more stuff. Yeah, the guy the guy wears the like artfully unbuttoned shirt like a champ. Uh, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed him. There was a there was a another throwback a couple throwbacks with that character to the, when Rebecca saw the had the tempestuous meeting with the psychic right there was a lot of green the first aid box was green and the psychic said you are upside down and drenched and Rebecca went upside down into the water anyway that's what the show does it it just you just sort of like peel back layers upon layers and it's and it's 
endlessly fun. It does put us in a place where we can't just heap praise. I have a quibble, and I'm actually, it's a growing concern. Danny Rojas and Sam Obasanya are, they're empty vessels right now. It's a problem. It's weird. They're not getting anything of meat. They're not getting anything that you're both like, you're, are you with me, Joe? Are, you, are Am I alone here? Or are we worried about Sam and, 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 and Danny? No, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh, these are two fantastic characters that are so much more than uh, I, I've commented on Twitter before about uh, Christopher Fernandez and his ability to deliver these one liners, which are very funny, but there's so much more to the character. And then same thing with Sam. Uh, he, he brings so much, he has so much depth to him, and we just haven't seen that this beyond him opening a restaurant. Syed, are, are we, yeah. where is your concern level, and what would you like to see from them? Yeah, I, I to echo what, what Joe said, you know, um, it, it felt like, it almost feels like they gave Sam a significant chunk of, of that season two, and now they're like, well, you know, he got his bit. And I'm worried. I, I hope that's not the case because I feel like there's so much more to explore with him. And he's such a great actor. And same with Donnie Rojas. We, he's really been a one note character. I mean, he had that bit, you know, the one episode where he was dealing with his, uh, you know, hitting the dog with a penalty kick and and, and killing it and, and dealing with that. But beyond that, we haven't, you know, he's, he's just uh, he's just used as a comic foil. And I, I kind of wish. I mean, you know, Colin is having having narratives and even, uh, you know, the kit man is going to see the jazz like we really haven't scratched the surface with Donnie Rojas at all. It's the curse of too many all stars on the team, right? You've got they've got eight all stars in the rotation and there's only room for five players on the court. It's NBA basketball playoff season. So we're talking basketball, right? There's just not enough space in the rotation for all of this talent. And there's only so many shots to go around. It's a bummer because, I, I don't know, I just love those guys in the sports movie context, and I just really hope that they can have some moments on the field to make it where it's not the sort of, like, saccharine one-liners that don't really move the plot or don't really do anything for me, and they just kind of bum me out. Speaking of bumming people out, let's bum out Syed. Into the locker room we go. This episode was another very tea-centric episode, and Ted drank the tea. Joe, what's your ruling on tea? I know the answer. You do. We we actually just recently had a conversation about this. I, we did. I actually like tea. I like coffee a lot better. But uh, uh, and I I'm a brown man, so I'm supposed to like chai. I really don't. I, it's fine. I'll drink it when everybody else is drinking it. My wife loves it. But um, I am an Earl Grey man. Uh, I'm I'm Captain Picard. Uh, <laughs> some hot Earl Grey, and I'm good. Would you drink the Coach Beard uh, added on brew, Syed? Not the way he described it. <laughs> it sounded horrible. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting some pretty visceral reactions from, from the... Joe, would you drink the Coach Brew special blend? If I was next to Coach Beard, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we'd go on that journey together. But if I was with Syed, I would do it. And I think that Syed <laughs> and I would, I don't know, there'd be literary references, there'd be sports references, there'd be so many movie references. Let's spend a little time, there were, there were a million movie references and pop culture references. Throw out one or two of your favorites, because I know you both have some, I know we texted about a couple. I'll go first, since I texted you guys this one last night. I had two favorites. My favorite were the Pulp Fiction ones. 
I love the foot massage one that cracked me up. And I was made me wonder, like, why are they referencing Pulp Fiction? And then the walk in music when he walked into the uh, All Americana Burger Bar or whatever it was called, they were playing the same song that plays when Travolta and Uma Thurman walked into Jackrabbit Slims. And it's a good song. And I was like, man, that's two Pulp Fiction references. What am I supposed to take from this? And that's, I was like, that's not the point, dude. Get, you know, stay elevated, drink the tea, and just enjoy. Um, and then the other one was when they were practicing riding bikes. The Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid shout out. That was pretty amazing. I've been enjoying uh, Newman and Redford movies lately. I watched The Sting recently. Actually, when I was traveling to SHM, I watched The Sting again. So seeing that that little that little hat tip delighted me. Sian, how about for you? Pop culture references in the episode that you liked? I really liked the Raindrowski falling my head one too. And um, I like the triangle, the disembodied voice talking to him and then the triangle being animated and that whole section, which was I, I believe it's a reference. I sent this to you guys in the text. I think it's a reference from these um, Disney educational shorts that were from like the 50s and 60s. Donald Duck in Math Magic Land, where he gets all these different shapes and the histories and stuff. And I think they use Disney's narrator, too. So that, that was kind of cool. The, the spirit of adventure voice. Yeah, Corey Burton. He's been doing that work for, for literal decades uh, from when I was a kid uh, all the way up through now. That was, a, that was kind of a cool... You were born in the 50s? Dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, uh, Joe, he's how about for you? What were your favorite pop culture callbacks? Uh, for me, I couldn't stop laughing at uh, Roy learning to ride the bike and going, I can't turn the other way. I can't turn the other way. And it just felt like a sort of a reference to Zoolander. I can't turn left. Uh, and I just... Oh, wow. I, 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 I like that. Another Zoolander pull. I didn't catch that. Very nicely done, sir. When I saw it, I was sort of laughing at the European vacation. I cannot get left. Chevy Chase, there's Big Ben Parliament, but it's the wrong city. Yours is much, much better. Well played. A second Zoolander reference in two episodes. That's awesome. I did. That was also really, really funny. Uh, I can't turn, I can't turn. I love those two. What What would you want them to do um, as, not as Jamie Tartan, Roy Kent, but as actors? Would you want them to do a buddy comedy? Would you want them to do an action flick? Would you want them to do something like in the Marvel Universe or other? Syed. I would do a buddy comedy between the buddy two. Buddy comedy, all, for sure. Yeah, all and the way. Two. Yeah, yeah. Joe, buddy comedy? I, I, I agree. We, we actually are going to be seeing um, Roy's actor, Brett. Uh, Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. Uh, in the Marvel Universe, I forget which character he's playing, but he's coming up in a, in a movie soon. But... Uh, with these two, yeah, buddy comedy all the way. Buddy comedy all the way. I agree. All right, power rankings. This is a tough one to do power rankings on because we didn't move the plot a whole heck of a lot. Joe, your power rankings for episode six. Power rankings for episode But uh, before we go, I just want to, did you notice that everybody who went on a growth journey this episode wore either orange or yellow? No, I did not. If you no. go back, Everybody, so because the episode is called Sunflowers, right? And that's those yeah. are the colors that uh, Van Gogh uses in, in the painting. Um, everybody that goes on like a notable journey is wearing orange or yellow on their person somewhere. Ted's wearing an orange. Now that you mention it, Will the Kit Man's cocktail was orange. <laughs> You're, oh, I didn't even pick out that one. And um, layers the upon layers, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, I, I just thought that was really cool and I wanted to make, 
anyway, power ranking. And the the now that you mentioned it, the headbands that they were wearing in the pillow fight. Yes. The, that Man. was what clinched the come, come to Med Lasso for the deep cut, Syed. This is serious. <laughs> Do you have one? What have you got, Syed? You, you saw no, it. You no, saw no, it. Choose your own adventure five layers. Yeah, no, I'm going to let Joe. I'm going to let Joe keep cooking. He's cooking with gas right now. Joe, is, I told you he's going to come off the bench. He's going to take a bunch of shots. He's going to score 12 points in four minutes. He's going to block two shots and get a steal. <laughs> he's going to have the crowd going nuts. He might even get a technical foul for taunting. Oh. <laughs> Not here. I, I, can't, I can't taunt the two of you. Um, no, that's no, you really can't actually. We would just kick you out. <laughs> no one's ever done that, actually. Thankfully, no one's ever come in here and been like, just started making fun of us, which would bum me out if they did. All right, power rankings. Now that you absolutely plussed up with your, your deep cuts, that was awesome. Uh, power rankings. I'm putting Joe at the top He's on fire. <laughs> like, give this man the ball, like, let him keep shooting. Uh, I think, uh, at number three, uh, I'll put Trent Krim. Um, I think he had a, a terrific. Um, moment there again. We you know we were all kind of nervous about what he would do with the the information about Colin, but he absolutely did the best thing he possibly could, which was to, to validate Colin and to uh, and and to let him know he's not alone, um, which I I thought was fantastic. Uh, more like a strong and capable man. Number two, um, I want to put Isaac um, because. Isaac that was, speech was unreal. We are riven by this crossroads. Oh my god, I got chills. I, I'm getting with chills the now. watch on too. By the way, thank you very much. <laughs> he was wearing the green face Rolex. Exactly. I'm obsessed uh, with that watch. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with it. I, I don't blame the you. Rolex date just gold gorgeous. band green face. It's eleven thousand dollars. Just saying. <laughs> We'll get that watch <laughs> is at the top of the power rankings. <laughs> yeah. We should call them the green face Rolex power ranking site. Right. All right. Spot Maybe Rolex will hook us up. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, insane. boom, chicka pop. Didn't, I don't think we're getting Rolex, buddy. That'll put you in your place. <laughs> <Don't> really... <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Joe. Take us home with your power rankings. Oh, yes. Lord. So that was Isaac humbling. Was, <laughs> Take was a wall wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really led to me. That, that was great. And then number one. Rolex um, sponsors Roger Federer, <laughs> Formula One, and Shapiro. <laughs> I'm not betting on it. And you're, you're in the middle of those two guys in the photo with your arms <laughs> crossed. Everyone's oh, like, he's that guy in the middle. I would carry it like that. I'd, I'd nail it. I would, everyone's like, is that really? Wait, that looks like Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. where, where, everyone's like, why isn't Shapiro on Twitter anymore? Uh, I just saw him on a Rolex billboard. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buzz off this for a while. Let's let Joe finish up. Uh, the, number one is Jamie. Uh, I think he, um, in, a, in, a, in a relationship where, you know, Roy is coach and Jamie is trainee, uh, this episode really turned that around for a little bit, and uh, we saw Jamie really bringing out Roy's inner child for one thing, um, but also just kind of letting him come out of that trauma shell and and finding himself a little bit more. Uh, and Jamie was there to kind of help guide that journey. Nice, I like that. We need to talk to Roy about how to break your fall. Goodness gracious, <laughs> just the guy just like bang. But his hips took a beating. Syed, your power rankings. 
Uh, number three, I'm going to go with uh, Higgins. I'm going to pass Higgins out there just as... Uh, he righted I, the ship. He did a good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think Leslie he, Higgins, he did well. Strong. And, yeah. uh, you know, it takes a lot to be able to go up onto a stage and perform <laughs> and, uh, you know, be vulnerable like that. And he did that. And I was, I was really surprised. I didn't think he was going to, but... Um, number two, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, Jamie cause he's a runaway star of the season to me. <laughs> you know, I think, it's uh, not even close. No yeah. Question. He, he's just, uh, Phil Dunster has just kicked it to a whole nother level. And I, his hairstyle, every time I see that hairstyle, I just innately get happy. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe I wish it's I had so hair interesting again, cause but... he's doing the hairstyle of a famous English football player who plays for Man City named Jack Grealish. And I, I, I I'm not sure why they're doing it. <laughs> but it looks like the guys I went to high school with in 1993. And, hey, Phil Dunster, man, I'm not, not for me to question your fashion sense. He's a handsome man. And then number one for me is, uh, is Ted. You know, that long look he gave to the triangle of success, you know, uh, initially in the last episode. And then um, I love scenes in, in shows where there's a revelation and, like, it all clicks. And he's sitting there watching Jordan and the triangle. And then actually the, the condiments in front of him were in a triangle also, the ketchup. And, the, and he got the pyramid of onion rings. So he's surrounded by triangles sitting there. But the one thing, though, I will say about Ted, if he didn't take drugs in the in the tea and the tea was his tea i'm kind of worried about his uh his mental health you know seeing nate like the hallucinations and everything the nate hallucination was discomforting for sure and i think that's part of the concern of like where is he on his journey with his mental health no question about it but i i mean i think it's hard to not give it to ted i'm not going to though i'm going to put ted third um and I thought that the, the thing was great, but I will give an honorable mention in the power rankings to the Tower of Onion Rings. That was a provocative appetizer stack. Like that's a call out. To, that's a direct challenge. Can you can you do this? And I there's no way I could eat all those onion rings. <laughs> uh, Ted's number three for me. Number two is Rebecca. Uh, there was just so much of this metaphorically and literally of her kind of reemerging, having this metamorphosis. She goes into the bowels of the ship, and now she's reemerging you know, reborn, whatever you want to, however you want to like overcook it. I just loved all of it. The interchange with her and the actor that she was working across from the whole way they set it all up. I, I absolutely loved it. And I think she's just going to be a force to be reckoned with now. Cause she's a super powerful woman to begin with. And now that we're hopefully going to see that, like the, all of the dimensions of her power being used fully. Number one for me is Trent Krim. I, I'm a big fan of Trent Krim. And I think that he is now positioned to be the one who brings the show to a close. They did it before. If you recall, he wrote the column about Ted that repositioned Ted as a, you know, hey, I'm rooting for this guy. Incidentally, it was when uh, Roy Kent looked at the bottle of vanilla vodka and Colin was all shamefaced and Colin asked for a bottle of vanilla vodka at at the bar at the Thunderdong party. But I, I think that he is positioned to be the one where they can do another one of those sorts of devices where Trent as narrator kind of wraps this up. I think it's going to be him. I think his observations will be what kind of brings us home. And I just that actor, man, he's another person I could see. Like I could have him in a period drama. I could have him in a spy movie. I could have him in a comedy. Like uh, I don't know the actor's name. He is he is on a tear. He is Joe Thomas esque coming off the bench, putting up jumpers. <laughs> It is time, speaking of basketball, for us to go to the pyramid of success. Today's block that I sent to you both, Joe, you get to go first. Enthusiasm. 
brushes off upon those with whom you come in contact. You must truly enjoy what you are doing. Joe, talk to us about enthusiasm. I, this this was uh, a, a fitting block for this episode and for you two. And um, I think I, one of the biggest examples I uh, I think of whenever I come up with enthusiasm when it comes when it comes to is you, Mark. Um, I think I think your enthusiasm rubs off. So I think this at the beginning of this episode, none of these guys are feeling very enthusiastic. Um, you know, it's that that excitement that you bring to whatever you're doing. Um, it can be something you're passionate about, maybe something you're not so passionate about, but but you bring a an energy to that. And none of those guys really had it at the beginning of this episode. And I think we saw how they all just kind of found that again. That that um that will to to really go for it again and you know even though we've we've had some tough times we're gonna we're gonna come back at this uh, the way we're supposed to i like that take and i like the way you framed it around the the whole team because it made me think of why i'm sad about the danny rojas character in season one he always had the same kind of lines they weren't like deep philosophical lines but he was so kinetic the character moved so much. He's always standing still, right? He should be out there running with his hair flying behind him and jumping and doing bicycle kicks and leaping into his teammates' arms. And that's how his enthusiasm is expressed. And I, hearing you say that, I realize that's what I miss. I just miss his kinetic energy when he's actually playing on the field because he talks about joy and, how, and all these things, but that's where he expresses it. And I like that physical manifestation of his enthusiasm. So, yeah, talk to us about enthusiasm. I think enthusiasm is one of the the hallmarks of Ted's coaching style. And, uh, you know, the whole concept of uh, onward forward doesn't work if you're if there isn't something driving it, some energy driving it. And um, I think Donnie Rojas is a physical embodiment of that energy for the show. I think uh, anytime he's there, as long as he's in the huddle with the team, the team has enthusiasm they can feed off and it's going to be coming from him. But I think Ted, too, it, um, his enthusiasm is one of the things I like most about him. When, whenever something horrible has happened they, and they turn to Ted, he's never mired down. It's always like, OK, it happens on to the next game. There's more there's more football games. We can do this. And, he, you know, he loves what he's doing. Although one one other thread I'll just say real quick um, that they sort of keep pulling at, but they don't really go anywhere with it so far is does Ted really love the game of soccer anymore or football? You know, the, he's, he's still sort of in this place, you know, I keep going back to that. Why am I here thing? I feel like he's still sort of in this, uh, disjointed place where his clear cut enthusiasm in season one has now sort of faltered a little bit to where you feel like he's coaching for his survival and the survival of the team. But that joyous aspect of it has gone a little bit, and I think maybe it'll come roaring back in these next few episodes. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that they haven't commented directly on whether or not the championship is still within reach because they've had this long losing streak, and that's sort of the how they positioned the team. Um, I think that Ted always walks that fine line, and I think like when the show first started, like, ugh, this is like cloying and annoying and not great. But you realize it is authentic, and I think that that's where enthusiasm is extraordinarily powerful is that when you earn that equity with people where they know that your enthusiasm about something is from a place of shared experience and happiness and having some fun, that it's not an act, that it's not to make a ton of money, that it's not to get over on someone, 
that it's just part of, you know, a philosophical approach to life and a philosophical approach to whatever it is that you're doing. And I think that that's where the show for me is particularly satisfying. I love that it's on the pyramid of success and I love that it's part of a, of, of, of an ethos like this because like you watch those UCLA basketball teams, they played with so much joy and enthusiasm. They played up tempo, they ran, they passed, they jumped, they were high flying. And that's like the best kind of, my son's really into basketball now, so we're talking about it all the time. I'm like, that's the stuff that I love. I love when the ball's moving fast and the players are high-fiving and they're running hard and they're playing defense and they're helping each other and then you get these crazy dunks. It's it's the most, it's the most, uh, sports can be the most wonderful manifestation of collective enthusiasm because you can see it over and over and over and over again. I want that. We need some of that on the field. We need Sam. We need Jamie Tart. I don't need Zava. I need the team expressing themselves in that way because this is still a sports show. I really need that. I miss it. I think we're going to get it. Syed, am I going to come away happy with episode seven and beyond? We've got six episodes left. Yeah, I think you're going to come away happy. I think the show is going to swing back to what's happening in the field, especially with Ted's triangle revelation now. I think I can see Sam, Danny, and Jamie being the attacking end of that triangle, and I think it's going to be great. Joe, you're a Buffalo Bills fan, a team that plays, ugh, I'm a Dolphins <laughs> fan, so it hurts my feelings, but man, they do play an exciting brand of football. Are there, uh, where else is it as exciting and gripping to see that manifestation of enthusiasm? And how do you try to parlay that into like everyday life? Because it's not, you know, Sunday for three hours, that's not enough. Like we need more. So where do we find other, other manifestations of it? Um, I think. That's a, ah, there it is. That's a hundred Shapiro proof hundred proof right question, Syed. We got him. <laughs> I'm so glad it's just not targeting me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Let you off the hook that time. Joe thought he was getting off easy. Nope. I, uh, I, I think that I have a couple of answers for that one. I think one is that um, I, I try to find it in my work, um, and that's not easy, especially these. Um, I, I think I think I try to bring that to my work. I try to you know have some levity and, and some enthusiasm on interdisciplinary rounds, things like that. And so I hope I radiate that to other people. And, and then I feed off of others as well. When, when things are happening in the hospital, there's a lot of kinetic energy. I'm a hospitalist. I have, I have slow days and I have not so slow days. Um, I think on those not so slow days, I, I, I think that's where a part of me, I, I'm not a hugely competitive guy in terms of sports. I'm not all that athletic, but that's where a small part of me starts to come alive. There's a lot of kinetic energy happening. And then for me, another way, another place is, uh, that's, that's where I find it. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be fast or, or chaotic music, like, but, um, but when there's a lot of energy passing between musicians, that's why I love live music. Uh, I, I will, I will survive on that high for days to weeks. And you need to send me a couple of links to you and your band playing music at Buffalo Sabres games, because uh, we gotta we gotta get that in into the mix for the show notes. Because Joe gets to do some pretty cool stuff playing music at Sabres games. That's got to be pretty fun. It's a blast. Uh, obvious, you know. I know the people aren't there for us, but to hear that, like to to watch and hear that many people in a, a pretty packed stadium uh, or arena in this case. Um, you know, 
having fun and, and, and singing along to music we're playing, oh, nothing. Syed hates music, so this is all totally eluding him. <laughs> Darn you and your music. Yeah, right. You and your music. I know Syed's going to be in the sequel to Footloose. <laughs> He's I'm in talks. I'm in Lith- talks right now. You're going to be the John Lithgow character, the fire and brimstone right. guy. <laughs> that would not work. Oh my gosh, Joe, plug something. I uh, you can you can hear me or you can uh, see me on Twitter and TikTok at Doc with Bowtie. I read a blog that very few people read called uh, Managing Health Expectations. Um, that that's that's mostly where you can find me. Um, and then. Uh, our mutual friend Annie Andrews has a new uh, organization um, that uh, she's sp- uh, starting and getting off the ground now, and I. Uh, it's called Their Future, and it it looks. Am- I know you were you might have been t- about to talk about this too, but it looks amazing. It absolutely does. I'm super excited for what she is doing, um, and we will have links in the show notes to it. And rest assured, there will be more to come on Explore the Space, talking about that as the months go by. Syed, so plug something. Um, I'm going to be boring and plug my book again. These vital signs coming out in less than a month. But before the show oh, ends, over. I have no, to do. No, Syed, no, 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 no. I'm going to no, be boring. No, no. My you book. cannot. You cannot <laughs> frame it as I'm going to be boring. Let's talk about my book. I am so keyed up for your book. You cannot come on this platform and use the word boring in reference to your book ever again. All right. All right. Oh my right. goodness gracious. This 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 book is going to blow your mind. It's like the distillation yes. of everything, everything awesome, and you guys are going to love it. It's going to be amazing. Also, I just want to say real quick, I trashed Je- John Moss's character on Twitter last week. I was like, what is he even on the team for? And then he goes and has the single funniest line in this episode, and I want to mention it. That made me laugh the hardest. Um, the interview, she's like, how hard is your team taking this? And he's like, oh, it's fine. Our spirits are already broken. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That killed me. It was amazing. So, John Moss, you, re- so you redeemed yourself, my man, before this episode ends. I just wanted to thank you. He- he definitely did. I'm going to plug a friend of ours. Joe and I got to hang out with her at the Society of Hospital Medicine annual meeting, Dr. Suba Iron Javia. She is the founder of a tech company called Caroline. And basically, it's a, it's a shared interdisciplinary digital huddle platform for use in hospital settings. She started it when she was a resident, um, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, it, was a quality, it was a quality improvement project that we all sort of have to do in our training. She turned hers into a company. Um, it's been used at Penn for o- almost a decade. She's now turned it into this freestanding company. Check out Caroline.ai. It's a really cool thing. She's an amazing person to know. And, you know, look, there are, we need more uh, founders from underrepresented demographics in our profession, and Suba is for sure leading the way. So it's super cool that she's able to do that, and we're able to talk about it. Cause, yeah, and then she's also a huge coffee fan, which is a total home run. Joe. I thought we were going to do an episode where we were going to come on and it was going to be like the music of Ted Lasso, but this was this was better. You brought us to some really important insights, and I think we broke down an episode that we could have gone super dark and negative, and a lot of people did. I'm delighted that you loved it because you were planning to come on before we'd seen the episode. This was awesome. Uh Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am totally willing to come back on and talk about the music of Ted Lasso. Uh, you know, you just name the day. Uh, as long as I'm not playing in front of the Sabres, I'll be there. Whoa, that'd be cool to do it like right after. We got to workshop it a little bit. I feel like it needs a roundtable. I feel like we need multiple voices. 
I feel like it's That's not true. just a three person. Like we got to figure out the right way to do it because the music of Ted Lasso has not been addressed in full on our show. It's obviously a linchpin of the show. We need to let the show finish because they're going to use some more really important components to wrap the show up. And then I think we're going to need to come up with some way to really break it down in a fun, communal, enthusiastic way. Syed, we came in hot. I'm going to bed. (laughs) This was was awesome. Yeah. Going back to the music just real quick. The last song in this episode, it was almost like they were talking directly to us Med Lasso people. Like everything's going to be all right. (laughs) True. I was like, oh, it's oh true. That, was, that was it. It was, it was great that to was be it. here, buddy. And on that note, we're out of here. Gentlemen, this was great. Take care. My thanks once again to Joe for joining Syed and I on this episode of Med Lasso Breaking Down. Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 6. This was a total blast. And uh, I'm excited for more. We're at the halfway point. I am, I am optimistic. I think we're going to get serious momentum. We're going to sprint through the finish line. But we'll see. We will see. And you know that Syed and I will be back each week walking us all through and debriefing and pulling out all the pop culture references that we can. Thanks also to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping make this episode possible. Definitely check out www.womeninmedicinesummit.org, September 22nd and 23rd. It's a fantastic experience. If you have the opportunity to come to Chicago for those two days, you will not regret it. It's an extraordinary conference. The people are amazing. Chicka Jane's a great friend of Explore the Space podcast. She puts the whole conference on and does an extraordinary job. Hope to see you there. I will be there. I cannot wait. And if you have the chance to check out that website, do so and share it with your friends as well. It's open to everybody. Speaking of sharing, please do share Explore the Space podcast with your friends and your colleagues and your family. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us that five-star rating interview. Really helps us out. Hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and you can email me anytime, Mark, at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. We'll be back soon with more great content, Med Lasso and Explore the Space both. Until then, take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.